Welcome to Belmont Banter, the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Every week we chat to ex-players, supporters and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. And today's guest is Mark Lane. Now Mark will be a familiar figure for most of you that have been around the club for a while. Um, he's almost been a perf- permanent fixture. I think he joined the club in about 2006, 2007, but we'll find out from Mark in a moment. So, good morning, Mark. Morning, Tony. How are you doing? You okay? Very good, thank you. Very good. Yeah, nice to speak to you. I know that we haven't been able to connect uh, via Zoom the way we normally do, but we'll be fine over the phone. There's a good reception here this morning. Mark, um, I've got a a fairly uh, good grasp of your sort of involvement with Whitstable, but what I'd like to know more about you is is more about your connection with uh, Sheppey, because when you first joined us, there was a lot of talk about your involvement with Sheppey. And, I mean, you go back a long way, don't you? Eight years when I first moved down from Manchester. And um, I was quite happy doing that. It, it suited me at the time because of my job. I, I couldn't get every weekend off, so I'd have to move shifts around. And then, all of a sudden, out of the blue, um, I used to play against Greenways. And there's a, there was a lad there called um, Cliff, Cliff Hearn and Steve Hearn, who were the, the two brothers. And uh, I suddenly got a phone call one one summer's afternoon from John Roseman, who was the manager of Sheppey, asking me to come down for a, for a trial. So I had to think about it, thought it's another step up. By that time, I was a little bit older and my job wasn't as, as uh, I suppose, demanding at the weekend, so I thought I'd give it a go. And at the time, I, w- I went down there and trained through the summer, uh, managed to play a few friendlies and, and broke through into the first team. And I think that year we actually we were playing at Faversham Town and we actually won the Kent League, which was uh, which was really good. So I had a, a, my first season in the Kent in the Kent League in those days when there must have been about there was probably about twenty five, twenty six, maybe more teams in there than there are now was uh, was quite a successful year. Certainly was, and joining us um, eventually after the, you know so much success. Uh, you went on to have even, well, I would say greater success because it was with Whitstable, but you certainly did the business once you joined us as uh, coach. You did play in goal a couple of times, I believe, as well, didn't you? Yeah, well, I, 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 did, I had a bad knee injury and I stopped playing football and I was doing some I was doing some scouting for Andy Ford at uh, Gravesend in Northfleet with a friend of mine and... Uh, my knee was sort of getting better after about 12 months and then I think Mark Seegs or Matt Toms called me up one day and just said, do you fancy just stepping in for a few games and playing for us? And I think I played I played a one-off game at Dorking in the FA Cup, which we won. And then, then after that, I just seemed to... They didn't seem to be able to get rid of me out of the club zone, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> just, I, played, I, played, I think I played a couple of seasons uh, under yeah. Mark leagues and uh, you know they, they were they were great times and one of the best times obviously when I uh, remember getting promotion out of the Kent League on the on the Seags and uh, when I was coaching there so yeah I've been a, I've been around the club in some disguise form or format uh, for the last god knows how many years I, I can't remember to well I, I would I would suggest nearly fifteen years on and off so yeah, yeah. A, a long association with the club. And you've been always been greeted warmly whenever you come back with visiting teams with Hyde and, and others. Uh, yeah, a great servant to the club and I won't hear a, hear a bad word said against you. I don't care what the others say. Yeah, I enjoyed my time down at Whitstable. Like I say, even when I went, even when I went to Hive, you know, I had the time when, I, when Mark Mundy was there and, and Phil Lamb and I was asked to, you know, relieve the duties and I was asked to help out for the last sort of 10 games of the season and then things didn't go too well the next season as, as, as a manager. 
And obviously, you know, things move on in football. You know that. You know you're not going to stay in the same place. But um, I went to Hive and I, and I had a really good affiliation with Hive as well for the four or five years that I was down there. Really enjoyed the football club. But as you say, you know, he always looked out for Whitstable's results. And when you came back to Whitstable, he always got a really warm welcome from the committee and from the fans. Nice bit of banter. And it was, it was, yeah, it was a, it's, it's a real friendly club. And, I, and like I say, I'm back there now with Lloyd. Uh, and I'm through Scott uh, so yeah I seem to bounce my way back so the people who don't like me are, are probably tearing their hair out <laughs> well you just you just actually glossed over the fact that you you, you were, were appointed manager when you took over from Mark Mundy which was in 2010 and you won the last four games of that season and you actually kept us up so you know your contribution to the football club was far more just than a passing you know, shadow going by. All yeah. right, I know the following season you didn't have all the luck in the world, but you know the good thing about it? You signed Lloyd Blackman. Uh, well, yeah, he, he always told me I was the best signing he made. The problem was with Lloyd Blackman, they had to bring Michael Young as well, but they should... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. I love it. I love it when you start throwing in all these names from the past. John Roseman. You started off with John Roseman, Steve Hearn. Well, what a combination there. I think, oh, goodness me. Very briefly, a funny story about John Roseman. Once, you know he was very vocal on the touchline. He was another Scott, wasn't he? He was shouting and goodness knows what else. Anyway, one particular day, the, line, uh, the referee had had enough and he walked over to him and he said, what's your name? So the rascal, he gave my name. And I ended up, I ended up getting, a, getting a £10 fine and a card against me. So he, he was a bit of a lad, wasn't he? <laughs> Signed me. He, uh, <laughs> he was he was a taxi driver at the time in London, and uh, he come bombing down the a bombing down the A2 and actually stopped his car on the A2 and jumped over the A2 because he couldn't be bothered to get to Nell's Cap the other way round and actually jumped over the <laughs> motorway and signed me. So you know he, that that's what you got with him. He, he was what he was. He was wholehearted and just did how he thought. Yeah, so he did. It was a great. Yeah, I, I heard another lovely story about John that uh, as he, as you quite rightly say, was a taxi driver. And when he was driving around London, if he saw one or two boys playing on a Sunday morning or something and he, he spotted a bit of talent, he'd ask someone where they live and he'd go and put a note through their door and he'd say, uh, there is a manager called John Roseman who's looking for a player. Give him a ring on this number. So he, he was up to all sorts of tricks. Oh, yeah, he was, he, he was, 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 he was,
was like that. He never, he never let anything, he never let anything ride under his feet, John. You know, if he, if he, if he wanted to get something, he'd go and do it. And uh, you know, when you look at the Sheffield side that won the league, he, he, he had a few, he had a few uh, experienced players, but he also brought in a few inexperienced players, and they all gelled together. So yeah, he knew what he was, you know, he knew what he was up to. He certainly did. Mark, can I take you back now? I'd, I'd like you to talk to me a bit about. You know, when you lived in Manchester, how how old you were when you moved down, and when you first got involved in football. Um, well, I, I, I lived in Manchester till uh, till I was about uh, eighteen, I think. So I've actually spent more time down here than I have up north. But um, I, I was into football, much like anybody else. You know, I was playing football from a young age. I played for uh, Cheshire, Cheshire. Uh, I trials at Oldham, uh, went to Oldham Athletic and it didn't work out for me there. And then I just started playing again, just started playing locally in the, in the Manchester Amateur League. And uh, I think it's the same scenario as most kids. You know, you, you, you think you're going to make going to make a football star and then you get dropped and uh, you, you're sort of down for a bit. But um, I quite enjoyed my time, time up there playing sort of Manchester Amateur League. It was good. It was no nonsense. You know, they, they say it as it is when you're an 18 year old kid and you're playing in goal, they're whacking you all over the place. So it, it made you grow up pretty quick, to be fair. Uh, I went to university up there and then um, went to America for two years coaching um, and then finally moved. The first job that I got an offer for was at Larfield Leisure Centre in Maidstone and uh, got a degree. So I've moved down here, lock, stock, and barrel, and I've been down ever since. Oh, that's good. Um, and when you moved down, um, did you continue your affinity with football? Did it all sort of stay stay in your head? No, I was playing as soon as I came down, and it, it's like it's like whenever you move, it's difficult, isn't it? You're trying to get new friends and new new contacts. And as I said, I just I just ended up one day. There was a guy called Steve Megson. He's related to. Gary Megson, he said to me, do you play football? I said, well, yeah, I do. He said, do you fancy coming down and, and do you want to come down to Oakwood? And that was how it all started, Tony. So, you know, it's a normal thing. It's people getting you involved. It was the social element that I really enjoyed and, uh, and the Kent County League. And I didn't really think about playing any higher at the time. I, I was just quite happy doing what I was doing. It fitted in with my work life and my, and my social life. And, uh, and that's how it all began, I suppose. And, and have you always, you know, right from a very early age, wanted to be a goalkeeper? Because they, they say you have to be a bit mad to be a keeper. No, I'm like any goalkeeper, Tony. I think I can play on the pitch as well. And, you know, <laughs> I used to play. I played, I played on the pitch, uh, but I was always better in... I was always a lot better in goal. Some people might debate that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, better in goal, anyhow, so... Uh, but I played on Sunday. What I used to do is I used to play goal, obviously, on the Saturday and on Sundays because we were never contracted. I used to play on the pitch, so I quite enjoyed that. It just gave me something different. And, uh, you know, I still play. I still play even now. You know, sometimes I get a call on a Sunday morning from uh, I play for a team out in Longfield and uh, they say we're short, so I turn up with my boots and have a game. And I quite enjoy it, but um, I don't think I could do it every week now. Well, when I was speaking to um, Lloyd over these uh, pandemic uh, chats that we had when we were in uh, complete lockdown. There's a couple of, th- well, more than a couple of times your name came up, which was nice, but he was talking to me about your the insight that you bring to a game when you're on the touchline with him. And it reminded me of a time, and I think I spoke about it on air, when you were manager and we went down to Burgess Hill Town and yeah. uh, we were on a bit of a losing streak with them and they had that big, big centre-half there. And you explained to me afterwards how you'd managed to win the game, which I found so interesting. 
and it was all about moving him out of position by denying him the ball because you knew he wanted to play. Yeah, I think, like I say, I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I've been around a long time and, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not the most, Lloyd will tell you, I'm not the most astute coaching, you know, I'm quite happy coaching the goalkeepers, but uh, I do take things on board and, you know, Lloyd's very, Lloyd is very, very good coaching-wise, but, um, you know, sometimes it's quite nice to have a, to have a second opinion, isn't it? And, uh, you know, I do, I do, Put my put my pen, pen of thing uh, when I think it's right, and, and you're right. You know, you look at games differently. I see things sometimes differently than him, and uh, you know, you, you you have to you have to be brave enough to actually say things and say, well, I think that's wrong, or I think this is right, and uh, you know, give Lloyd Creek where it's due. You know, more often than not, he'll listen to you and he'll, he'll do something about it. So I think it's just taking a grip of the, of the uh, you know of the players that you know and, and making sure that you look at teams and and, and know what their weaknesses and strengths are, and then trying to trying to adapt your team to it. So I think he's worked quite well. Yeah, it certainly seems to done. Your relationship with him is good. Was with Scott. Was with um, with Mark uh, Mark Seeger as well. And uh, you 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 know you've 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 been around football for a long long time. And anybody that didn't want the value of your experience must be crazy. So I'm so pleased that you're back with us. Um, one thing I wanted to know is when you're watching a game. Uh, all right, you said that you've played outfield, but do you see the game through the eyes of a goalkeeper all the time? No, no, you, 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 you just, I see it as a, I see it as a, you know, you're looking at specific things and, and how you can improve things. So when, when things happen, the first thing, if, if Dan makes a mistake or they, they think that, that there's something not quite right, the first thing they all do, Steve, Steve Nolan and Lloyd, is a look at me from the goalkeeper's point of view. <laughs> yeah, you go, well, well, you know, I'm always, I'm always very defensive in my goalkeepers, as you can imagine, but yeah, I've learned I've the centre for Arsenal full-backs more often than not. But, um, so, now I, I look at it from a... You, you've got to get out of that and, uh, and look at it as a, as a whole team perspective, really. And, um, you know, you look at certain aspects as you go along through the game and if the goalkeeper's not doing the right thing or his distribution's not well and you'll deal with that, you you deal with it then or you deal with it at half-time. But, um, like I say, we've got a good mix. You know, you've got... You, you, you've got Steve, who's a very, very good coach. You've got Lloyd, who's a very good, good coach, a good manager, and, and you know you've got me sitting in there. So there's three wise heads there. So between us, we, you know, we, we we can see the pattern of play and see what's going on and try and change it if we need to. And and how do you feel about this new uh, fashion for playing out from the back? Uh, well, it frightens the life out of me. But... <laughs> <laughs> it but does it, me. <laughs> it depends on it depends on how comfortable the players are with it, and you know it also depends on on what you're doing on the coach, you know, on the on the coaching grounds, you know, in the midweek when when there's nobody around. And, and to be fair, if that's the way that the manager wants to play and the, and the players are comfortable with it, and and you're working on it, then there's no reason why you shouldn't. There's also there's also the there's also the plan B that you know if if you can't play, then it goes down the pitch as quick as it can, and yeah. and, and so there's always you know. You don't always say no. You don't do this or you don't do that. But I think I think Lloyd's got this. You know, he's got this uh, general idea that he wants to play football out out from the back. And I think if the players are comfortable, then so be it. And, yeah. uh, if um, I don't really want to put you on the spot with one individual name, so fire two or three at me if you would. Um, your favourite um, outfield player, whether they're defenders or midfield or uh, up front. Um, you know, since you know over the over your time down in Kent, just. Throw one or two names at me. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll badge 
you know, I've, I've, I've been around basically in the, in the in the teams that I've played in, and there was a there was a lot of a Sheppy called Dave Powell who was who was uh, sort of played in behind the strikers. He was absolutely fantastic. You know, he was a great player. Um, he had a brain. I mean, he obviously played at a higher level. I think he played at Charlton, and, and, and he was he was a, 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 an excellent player. Um, from the Whistle point of view, I always used to, I always used to love playing the same team as Marcus Peroni. Yeah. I thought he was, uh, was fantastic. So he was a he was a quality box to box player and can get around get around the park. And and the other one, I suppose, the other one, I suppose, and I hate to say this, but his, his head's going to be bigger than it normally is. But uh, having played, having managed sort of in or, or been part of it, is Sean Welford, who who is absolutely fantastic up front. You know, he, he never he knew where the goal was. He was getting a bit old when when I met him, but uh, you know, he could see that he he had been a quality player. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. A couple of times, I well, yeah, sorry, carry on, Mark. I suppose from a goalkeeping point of view, you know, I've, I've been with a few decent goalkeepers, but I think, you know, Danny Eason, Dan Eason, you know, he's blown smoke up his backside now, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, he's he's been he's been uh, Mr. Consistent for us, and you know, he's been a pleasure to work with. So you know, there's a few there that just rolled off the top of the head that I've been with. Kevin Fuel. Yeah, I mean, Fuley, Fuley actually lives. He actually lives about two hundred yards down the road from me, so he, he's involved in Punjab, Punjab United. Oh, now. Right. So you know, Kevin, when he was when when we brought him down, he was he was excellent as well. And you know, it's, it's a bit difficult to it's a bit difficult at times to, to name. You know, if you told me to name an All Star eleven, I'd be I'd be struggling because I've played with that many decent. decent <laughs> I, I wouldn't know where to start. To be fair, and. Uh, I'm probably doing a disservice to some people, you know, who've been along and I've, and I've managed or I've played with. But uh, yeah, Kevin Fuel was a, was a great lad. I mean, he used to travel a lot with Kevin, so uh, yeah, he was good. He was good, wasn't he? Yeah, it's always difficult when I, I, I say that to people because all of a sudden their memory goes a little bit blank and then as soon as it goes off air, they think, oh, I should have said so-and-so, I should have said so-and-so. But uh, yeah. let's take it as read that uh, you've played with some really good players, which I know you have, which is brilliant. Your your, uh, your career as a footballer might be finished, but your career as a coach manager is still very much on the uh, on the rise, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is at the moment. I mean, it's, it's frustrating at the moment for everybody, but um, you know, I keep in contact. I keep in contact with Lloyd. I still I'm still in conversation with Scott. You know, we was out and I was out on Thursday night with with, with them, and uh, it's just I just enjoy it, Tony. It's something. It's something that uh, I don't. I you can't really explain it. It just grasps you, and you love football. Yeah, I actually agree totally with what you just said because that's one of the fundamentals that's uh, kept me going and interested so, so for so long. You get these young kids coming to the club and you watch them mature, grow up. Um, they've got all their, their mates around them and you feel, although you're years apart from them, you feel part of the whole thing, don't you? You've got the loud ones. You've got the characters. You know, you've got 
you've got your Yarnies doing his little Greek dance after every game which kicks everybody on off you get Craig Thompson who was an absolute nutcase uh, <laughs> you know those sort of characters you, you Craig Close those sort of characters keep changing room going and uh, and it is, it is, it is like a, it's, it's a, it's a big social mix, isn't it? You, you know, it's, a, it's like what you get in the real world. You've got, your, as I say, you've got your very quiet ones, and, and they bring those guys, bring those guys, pull them round with you, you know. And it's, it's, it's good fun. It is good fun. It really is. Well, I've thoroughly enjoyed our chat today, Mark. It's been a, a, an absolute pleasure to have you on. I'm sorry that the, uh, the sound's not as good as it w- would normally be. We've had one or two issues this morning. Um, but that's not distracted anything at all from the chat I've had with you, Mark. It's been really, really enjoyable. Cheers, Tony. It's been a pleasure. Speak well, to you soon. Thank you very much. And on behalf of me, Mark, and uh, Belmont Banter, we'll be back every week on a Monday. So listen out for the next instalment. And thank you very much, everyone. Signing off now from me. News about local football in Kent and beyond. Join your host, Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter. Thank <laughs> you.